0: If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer.
1: Well, today on Walk It Out, I'm chatting with author, counselor, life coach, and speaker, Holly Girth. Holly loves connecting with the hearts of women through her popular blog and books like You're Already Amazing and Fierce Hearted. She's also the co-founder of Encourage and I partner with Dayspring. Holly lives with her husband, Mark, in the South, not far from me. And today (laughs) we're going to be talking about her new book, Strong, Brave, and Love. So welcome, Holly. Thanks, Trisha. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah, and it's a beautiful spring day here in our part of Arkansas, so I love that we have spring. Up here, too. We have
0: a little pond behind our house, and I can see probably 20 turtles right now sitting out in the sun, so I think lucky turtles. That sounds like a good plan for today. It's (laughs) so fun.
1: I just stepped outside right before um, this interview to check the mail. I'm like, okay. As soon as I'm done chatting with Holly, I'm going to bring my book out here because it's just beautiful. And I have this bird feeder that one of my kids got me last Mother's Day, and I've been filling it up. And we have seen so many just beautiful, colorful birds. It's awesome. Oh, us too. We have a pair of
0: Canadian geese one pond over that have a a nest right now also. So I'm on goose watch all the time.
1: (laughs) I love that goose watch. (laughs) It's so fun. I mean, it's so nice because we're stuck inside right now that we could actually go outside and see nature and see God's creation and remember that, okay, God, God is still here. The world is still beautiful. It is. It's very reassuring that spring has
0: come anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, spring has come anyway. And um, I got your book, Strong, Brave, Love. I'm trying to remember a couple months ago, I think, and I was reading it back then and I picked it up today and was just going back over and... I just feel like, oh my goodness, even more, your words are impacting my heart even more about just the questions we have and having courage. And sometimes when we feel weak, um, there are so many things. And then this one thing really, this one quote really got me, um, that I think it's like halfway through the book. And it says in the place between what is comfortable and what seems like it'll surely kill us is often where we become all we're created to be. And I'm like, this is our whole world right now. Holly. (laughs) We're in the place where what's comfortable to what we think will kill us, which really isn't killing us, but it's hard. I mean, we're in such a stretching time. So why do you think, especially now we need to know this message of strong, brave and loved. Well, I think it's truth
0: that, like you said, is relevant always and probably even more so now. And I think the biggest battles in our lives are the internal ones. Like mm-hmm. right now, it feels like external is the biggest. And yet there's still so much internal that comes with that, dealing with fear and insecurity and uncertainty about the future and Who are we now? And what's life going to look like? And so I think what's comforting to me about truth is that it doesn't change. Even when everything is changing around us, truth remains the same. So it's helpful to me to be able to take a deep breath and be like, okay, today I'm still loved. I'm still in God's care. I'm still part of a plan that's bigger than me. And that is not going to change no matter what happens.
1: Yeah, that is so good. You start off the book talking about um, we are beautifully dangerous women. And I've literally stopped and read that sentence like three times. Like, yes. And that I'm like, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. <laughs> uh, what do you mean by that?
0: Well, I think the rest of that says we're beautifully dangerous women when we know deep down we're loved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what empowers us to be what we are at our best, which is both strong and soft, tender and tough, gentle and fierce. And I love that about women. And I see it when we would give birth or when we organize a program for our neighbors on Facebook who, you know, need things from the grocery store during this time of COVID or who fight on behalf of their kids or dare to offer their gifts to the world. So I think that's what I mean by beautifully dangerous, that we are warriors who fight for each other and for the greater good and hopefully for our own hearts too, which is A lot of why I wrote this book, because I think that's the hardest part is fighting for our own hearts.
1: Yeah. And with everything going on, you mentioned externally, I think, I mean, internally is really where so much of the fighting is going on. Um, what we believe and how we choose to look at the day and how we choose to either step towards good or feel like we're running away from all the hard (laughs) stuff in the world. And you talk about that. You talk about, you know, so many times we see ourselves and we picture ourselves as who we are, what we are running away from. Instead, we should be running to grace and running to things. What really made you think about that switch even in your own mind?
0: Well, it was one particular day. I have some ongoing battles, which thankfully are in remission. But for most of my life, I've struggled with anxiety and depression. And so I remember one day when those were just trying to creep up on me again. And I was in my car driving and I just had this moment where I was like, no more. I am done running away from these things. Mm. I'm going to run toward I'm going to run toward grace. I'm going to run toward love. And I came home and I put on my tennis shoes and I went out on the trail around the pond with all the turtles and I ran as hard as I could, which is not very hard and not very fast and not at all <laughs> graceful. Me. So yeah. don't, don't picture a of fire here. Like my husband lovingly says I run like a duck. So picture a Highly motivated duck running as hard as she can. That was more like it. (laughs) But I just needed to like physically do that. And it was sort of a line in the sand for me to just say, okay, yes, as long as I am a human on this earth, I will probably revisit these struggles from time Mm. to time. And that is okay. But I am not letting them be the boss of me anymore. I am not going to let them scare me and make me run from them. I'm going to run toward what matters most and leave them in the dust <laughs> as much as I can. So that doesn't happen every day. Sometimes I trip and fall. I have to get up and do it all over again. But I do remember that moment as being like, I'm making a choice to run toward instead of run from.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. And you know, we have girls that um, adopting from foster care, at you know, as preteens and teens, they just have a lot of struggles and feelings like they're not worthy. And you know, they have all this pain in the past and trying to encourage them to like, you know, look towards God, run towards God and, um, you know, run towards the good things. I mean, some days I could feel like, yes, we're, we're succeeding. And some days I just feel like it's almost easier just to get into the same patterns. So, I mean, I would just left some encouragement um, from someone on the outside, like, how can I just embrace my girls and let them know how much they're loved, but especially like help them to continue to like run towards instead of feeling like they're running away.
0: Yeah. And I have a somewhat similar story with my daughter, Lavelle. She came into our lives when she was 20 and we had gone through a decade of infertility. She's been in our lives for almost seven years now, which is amazing. That is so cool. (laughs) But I felt like I lived this a lot with her, I felt like she also taught me a ton about it. She is the Mm -hmm. one who made me a runner, not just physically, but taught me a lot about running on the inside about moving toward resilience and perseverance. And I think what she has shown me is that what makes the biggest difference is just showing up over and over again for each other. I remember she runs half marathons and the first time we showed up at the finish line to cheer her on, she was like, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> like she'd never had anyone show up for her mm, and wow. she couldn't understand why we would, why we would cheer for her. And I felt like that was our assignment, you know, is to just keep showing up, which I'm sure you do for your girls yeah, and keep speaking love and truth over them when they can't say that, or see that for themselves. And that is the biggest victory, I think, is finally coming to the place where I was like, okay, she, she believes she's loved, but that Mm -hmm. took a long time. And now sometimes she's the one cheering me on, (laughs) you know, especially about not being so hard on myself. But I think that, that we just keep showing up, You know, we just keep showing up and cheering each other on. And when we fall, we reach out a hand and say, that's all right. You know, this isn't defining who you are. This is just where you are today. Just get up and take one more step. And so I think just having your presence in their lives is more valuable than anything that you could do or say, just knowing, okay, this person has committed to loving me. Mm -hmm. as I am and to seeing in me what I probably can't see in myself quite
1: yet, even on my worst days. Like that's, that's a powerful thing. And I think so many times we think, okay, I need to figure out the right thing to say or a perfect teaching lesson, or I need to pull out a scripture here. But I, I love what you're saying, like showing up and cheering for someone and, you know, just saying I believe in you and just sitting with them or just letting them know, like I'm here. And, you know, we even have, um, kids that don't live in the home, you know, some of our uh, adopted kids are out on their own now and, and sometimes just listening to the hard things and not giving all the answers. (laughs) It's just like, I'm here for you. I'm just a listening ear right now. And I have a (laughs) hundred things I want to say, (laughs) I know it's not going to help, but I love that. And I think, um, sometimes people, well, I think all of us have those struggles of feeling like we're loved, but you know, just having that person say, I still love you. I still love you really yeah. makes a big difference. And to keep reaching out, even maybe when you feel rejected or we feel like this person doesn't really care because they do. I mean, I love that, you know, just you cheering just was a, such a big surprise, but I bet she'll never forget that. Like she'll never forget yeah. that moment when she spotted you guys and just knew that, wow, these people are really, um, in my court. And I love, that you know you have this relationship that it's a give and take now, and I I think that's the amazing thing about having older kids. I mean, sometimes I have them coming back, my older kids coming back to me and saying, uh, "Mom, maybe you shouldn't do that," or talking yeah. to the other kid that way, yeah. or, you know, it is that give and take. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful thing with older kids. Mhm, it is. Yes. Um, and you you talk about you know adopting her at an older age, and I think so many times we think. Um, we know where our life is going to be and how everything's going to play out. How did God just even show up and surprising you with this relationship that you have with her?
0: Well, like I mentioned, we had gone through about a decade of infertility, tried all the things and didn't work. And I had sort of come to this place of having more peace about it, not And when I say that, it always feels like a cliche. So I always say, Mm -hmm. I mean the kind of peace that comes after a war, (laughs) like not not like happy sunshine, you know all the time, peace, but like hard fought for lots of tears, peace. But I realized that I didn't have to have physical kids to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Like one day, God took me to the third chapter of Genesis, where Eve is called the mother of all living. And I felt like he said, Holly, all women are mothers because all women bring life into the world in some way. And for most women, that's kids. But yeah. you know, for you and I, Trisha, we birth books too. Yeah, And someone out there might birth beautiful spreadsheets or whatever it is, you know, that the God has put within us. When we bring that into the world, we are mamas. And so I started to embrace that and wrote, started writing books and thought, all right, this is my way of being a mom. And then one night I saw a 2020 special on foster kids who age out of the system. Basically at 18, they're told, mm-hmm. have a nice life. And we see hard stories all the time. But there is something about that one that I've just like, not okay. Like, I remember sitting on the edge of my couch and being like, not okay, not okay. And I kept thinking, who's going to walk them down the aisle or walk their babies or help them figure out their career or, you know, all the things we do as grownups and, so I started telling people when they asked if we had thought about adoption that if we adopted, it would be a 20-year-old. So <laughs> uh, so one of my friends finally said, do you know about Saving Grace? And it turned out there was a transitional living home being built in our town for girls who aged out of the foster system or would otherwise be homeless. So I sent the founder this crazy email that was like, I have this dream of adopting a 20-year-old. And she's like, I have this dream of building this transitional home. And so... We connected and life stayed busy and years later, like three or four years later, she invited me to come to a banquet celebrating the accomplishments of the girls in the program. And I went and my daughter Lavelle was there that night and we connected because all of them got a book of mine and we texted a little bit. And then I said, can we have lunch? And over lunch, she said, you have kids. And I gave her the short version and she said, well, you can just be my mom. So so that's, that makes it sound really simple. It was a lot more complicated than that, but we just kind of knew early on, like, this is our girl. This is who's supposed to be in our life. And so she met Mark too, and she lived with us for a while before she got married. And then she now has a little girl named Eula, who's named after my grandma. And the amazing thing is the day we legally changed Lavelle's last name to ours is August 28th. And so we celebrate that every year. We call it Girth Day. And we celebrate it as a family like a birthday. And little Eula was born on Girth Day.
1: (laughs) It's awesome.
0: (laughs) So I felt like that was God's way of saying, you know what, you thought my timing was off (laughs) for ten years. Like every month he'd be like, God, your timing is off. Your timing is off. Like, and I felt like he was like, nope, I always had it down to the very mm-hmm. day. Like my timing was never off. And so maybe for someone listening who's thinking, "God's timing is off. That can be a reassurance that he's got it. Even when we can't see it. see it, even when it's painful and long, even when it turns out different than we ever could have imagined. He does, he is working on our behalf.
1: Yeah, and I I love how he just even plants those seeds in our hearts, Um, like knowing that they're going to sprout eventually, you know, like, I'm going to adopt a 20-year-old. I mean, for us, I never thought I would adopt older kids. And I I mean, even probably the first 10 years of our marriage, we had three biological kids. so Adoption was never even in my mind. And then um, I remember after we adopted our baby girl and then two toddlers from foster care, I just remember going to our teen mom support group, which I do on Thursday nights and all these girls were, aging out of foster care, mamas, having all these struggles. And I remember telling my husband over and over, like, someone needs to adopt these girls before they just end up 18 with two kids on the street with no one to love them. I I must have said it 20 times until I felt God saying, uh, you guys. And I'm like, wait, we already have, like, we've already adopted three. And just, I remember one worship service at church, just like impressing on my heart, like a sibling group of girls. Like you guys need to adopt a sibling group of girls. And I get into the car and we're just like, my makeup's all smeared off my face. And I turned to John and I'm like, we needed to to adopt a sibling group of girls. And he's like, yes. I mean, it was like God speaking to both of our hearts. And I emailed, um, we have, uh, A wonderful organization um, called Operation Zero here in Arkansas, and I emailed the lady and like, do you do you know a sibling groups of girls? And she's like, I just got a call yesterday to get photos taken for a sibling group of four. Uh. And I'm like, oh wait, four? That's that's kind of a (laughs) lot. Um, But it was just like God's perfect Mm -hmm. timing, and it has been hard. Like seriously, the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, even much harder than adopting the toddlers because they can tell you exactly how they feel. (laughs) You know, they have all the baggage and all the hard stuff and it has not been easy, but it's such a God thing. And their older sister, so we adopted four and their older sister aged out of foster care and she was Mm -hmm. married um, and now she's divorced, but has two little ones. And, you know, at first she was like, you know, do I, am I accepted to, and she's totally ours, like not officially, um, but yeah. like she calls us mom and dad, she's here at holidays, you know, her kids call us Nana and Papa. I mean, she is ours too. And I just know like she needs a mom and dad just as much as her sisters, just because she's older. She's like 22 or 23 when we adopted her sisters. Um, she still needs that. And I think, you know, even if it's unofficial, like ours with Lily, um, you know, there are so many young people, either if they age out of foster care or maybe even don't have healthy family situations that just need someone to say, hey, come over for dinner and let's sit and talk and, you know, let's have a conversation over the phone or Zoom or wherever. because they yeah. need people pouring into their lives. And they, I think they need to just
0: see what family looks like in a different yes. way. You know, Lavelle would say that a lot, like, oh, I've just, I've never gone to a family dinner or you know, I've never seen two married people disagree and still not be unkind to each other, or, you know, just things like that, that you don't think about. And yeah, she has come so far. It's almost funny to look back now on those first days, because she has just transformed herself. And I feel like I got to be a small part of it. But so much of that was already in her. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what's rewarding. You know, it's like, all of this is just waiting to come out of these girls. And I think that we forget our hearts never stop needing to be mothered. Right. You know? And that we usually hopefully have our parents longer as adults than we do as kids. And so I think that relationship looks different, but yeah, I think it's so needed, whether it's a mentoring relationship or, adoption or somewhere in between just saying, okay, maybe, maybe I'm past the season of physically raising kids even, but is there someone whose heart still needs to be mothered that I can be part of making that
1: happen? Yeah. And I, I love how you said, you know, they often don't know even what family looks like or healthy relationships look like. I remember, we had at our team mom support group. We had couples coming in talking about relationships, and the question the girls were asking were so odd. I, it just wasn't making sense, and I just paused and said, "Wait, how many of you have ever seen a healthy relationship?" Because their questions were like, "Why'd you get married?" And I'm, you know, I brought <laughs> these couples in to talk about communication and <laughs> all these things, <laughs> and only one out of like twenty-five raised her hand that she knew a couple that was like healthy and still together. And just that was like an aunt and uncle. And none of the other girls. And I think so many young people out there don't even know what that looks like. And I remember our, one of our first home visits, we're sitting around the table like we always do, you know, like spaghetti and French bread. I mean, just the simplest thing. And when the girls, after we pray, go stop. And she goes, we're like a real family sitting around oh. the table. And I'm like, we take that for granted. And yeah. she did not take that for granted at all. And still our kids will, I mean – we adopted them in 2016. It was finalized. And they're like, I can't believe we get to do this. I can't believe this is, you know, it's Fridays, our family movie night. It's just the things that we often take for granted. kids that don't have that. It just is so meaningful to them.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Family dinner or doing holidays together or a birthday party. Lavella had never had a birthday party. Yeah. You know, and it's like just such small things that We think, yeah, to us, it's just normal. But to someone who's
1: never had that, it's a big deal. Right. And I think it goes back to another question I wrote down for you. And that's um, just how to be soft hearted in a hard world (laughs) and Uh um, you know I think we can just put up those walls and you know when we're hurt we're afraid of being hurt more so we kind of put up a wall around us and you know even though there's needs we think oh there's too many needs I can't help everybody and just again just like put up the walls how can we be soft-hearted in a world that is really really hard
0: I think that's what being fierce hearted really means. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the book that inspired this devotional is my book, Fierce Hearted. And that came out of a moment where I w- had gone through the season of burnout. Someone that I loved had actually really hurt me. And I was on a plane going to see my publisher. And I was sitting in the dark, <laughs> crying into the too small napkin they give you. So it, is hard, <laughs> it is hard to ugly cry on a plane. Because <laughs> your shoulder will the, yeah. the person next to you. Right. I can't <laughs> a poor person next to me. I thought they were gonna like hit the serious button and be like, uh, oh, we have a situation. So I I told Jesus, I was like, I don't I don't think I wanna do this anymore, you know? I think I think I'm done. I think it's too hard, it hurts too much. And I felt like he said, you know, if you make that decision, I will still love you. But if you want to learn a different way to do this, I will show you. And a lot of it for me was just learning how to be soft hearted, where Mm -hmm. I could have boundaries, but also keep my heart open. And I think it's choosing vulnerability over and over again, and not without wisdom, because I think we can hear that and think that just means I need to let everyone run all over me. And I don't, I think that's from fear as well. I think vulnerability is saying, I will choose to love in a world where it's sometimes very hard. And I will choose to speak truth when I need to for my own heart and for the people in my life when I need to. And I will show up and be real and say, I'm not perfect. And you don't have to be either. We're going to figure this out together. And so I think all of our armor looks different that we Mm -hmm. tend to put on. And we probably know some of what that is for us. And so when we're tempted to to become defensive, instead just to say, okay, instead of fighting against you, how can I fight with you? How can we, we do this together? And so I feel like I'm still learning what that looks like all the time, even in this new season where we're all in a new normal that we've never gone through before
1: but i'd say it's just moving toward vulnerability. Yeah, and that is so good and so hard at the same time. We've had, <laughs> you know, i've had a, a in the last couple of years a relationship, friendship where things were misunderstood and accusations were made and i'm like, how could you believe that of me and just like mm-hmm. be so and my thing is like i'm just going to shut this person out of my life completely. Like this is i can't even believe they would think that of me and um you know just hurt. And, you know, after months, finally reaching out to someone who does Peacemakers, I'm like, okay, I need help here. Like, I know, um, you know, they have their thoughts and I have my thoughts. And that was such a good and hard thing to like really bring even another person in and kind of like talk it through and hear both sides. And, you know, each of us had things that we've made mistakes and offering forgiveness. And, um, you know, that relationship, I wouldn't say it's fully restored, but it has gotten a lot better but that is hard stuff when we feel like we've been hurt or cut to the core and I know so many people in ministries or churches there's those types of things and it's easy just to put those walls up and be like nope I'm not gonna do it anymore Um, but to take the steps towards reconciliation and forgiveness is so hard and I mean I'm talking you know So many, like ugly crying, like you know, you talked about. But God taught me so much in that process that I think it's important not to just throw those things away, but to really like dig in and learn to handle things differently, and 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 you know, stand up for ourselves, but also listen to others and offer forgiveness. I mean, so many good things. But we do have to keep our heart tender to even go there. Um, And it does. It takes. You talk about taking courage. It takes a lot of courage.
0: Yeah. And having those hard conversations. I did the same thing with a dear friend this week. I freaked out about something COVID-19 related with her, like in a totally unhelpful way. And I was like, what in the world? And it caught her off guard and it stressed her out. And she withdrew. And afterward, I was like, why in the world did I do that? And I had to just sit down and be like, where did that come from? And I was like, fear, I was scared, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of times that's what it is. Like, whether we tend to withdraw or lash out at the root of it, we're just really scared. <laughs> and Yeah. So- She and I set up a phone call, and I had to just tell her, I'm sorry. I was really scared, and I let fear get the best of me. I did not respond in the way I wish I had, and I wish I could do that over. And will you forgive me? And here's how I'm going to try to do it differently next time. And and thankfully, she did. But I was terrified. I was terrified all over again having that conversation because I thought, what if she rejects me or says we can't be friends anymore or you know, can't move past this. And I think, yeah, that is the hard work of, of being a courageous person is showing up and doing that again and again.
1: But mm-hmm. it is,
0: yeah, I would say it's not only not easy, it's probably the hardest work we have to do.
1: Right. Yeah, because it's so much easier to withdraw and lick our so wounds easier. and make excuses or whatever. Yes, or pretend we
0: didn't behave badly, you Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I did. Um, and, you know, we all do that from time to time. I remember another time I was sick. I can't remember exactly with what, but I'd taken a Benadryl. I was half asleep on the couch, and my husband said something to me that I misunderstood and i like snap at him which i i tend to be a withdrawer not a snapper but in that moment i was totally a snapper i started crying i went in our room i slammed the door (laughs) 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 and poor man i think he was just like what just happened because yeah that's not my normal mine usually is just run away and hide So I was like, what do I do? I don't trust myself to stay in this house, but I I like have the plague. And so I can't go anywhere. This was pre COVID. It was just the cold or something. But (laughs) so I I got in my car and I was like, where do I go? And all I could think of was Chick-fil-A. So (laughs) I went through the Chick-fil-A drive through and got waffle fries and Dr. Pepper and parked in the parking lot because I couldn't go in and called actually the same friend I just had to apologize to but I was like I'm in the parking lot at Chick-fil-A eating waffle fries and I can't go home <laughs> and she's like Holly go home and go to sleep immediately and so I <laughs> ate I ate my fries and had my little Diet of Pepper went home fell asleep for three hours and I came out and my poor husband looked up from the couch like, oh, no, What's <laughs> I sat down next to him and I was like, I'm so sorry. And he put his arm around me and looked at me and just said, none of us are at our best all the time. Mm. And that was it. And like, I've never forgotten that because as someone who's very hard on herself, that is not how I talk to myself. Right. <laughs> you know? And I realized that's I think that's what God does with us, too. You know, we think, oh, man, I blew it this time. He's so mad at me. He's not going to use me anymore. He's kicking me off the Jesus team. And, you know, he's putting his arm around us and saying none of us are at our best all the time.
1: That is so good. I love that. This yeah, is it making
0: makes- it sound like I have meltdowns and cry a lot. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting the highlight reel of the Holly Meltdown Cry I- Fest. <laughs> I, am, I am more stable
1: than I sound in this podcast. <laughs> no, I think it's <laughs> important to talk about the real stuff, especially with everything going on. It's so easy, like, okay, we have to be good. We have to, like, spiritualize <laughs> everything. Like, God has a purpose in this, even though we're stuck in our homes. I'm, you know what I mean? I think so yeah. many times we just try to be okay and. Um, With me, I mean, just giving ourselves grace. I mean, so many times God has just whispered to me, like, I still love you, even though you have piles of laundry. Or (laughs) I was walking through to come to my bedroom to do this podcast. And I just realized, like, I don't know the last time I swept and (laughs) I <laughs> has so much dog hair that I just finally noticed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then I'm like, it's okay. Like, It's okay. And yes. giving ourselves that grace to like, we aren't perfect and we're going to mess up. And I, my husband often does that too. Like, he gives me so much grace, but we need it. And we cannot be hard on ourselves because God doesn't expect us to be perfect and act perfect and have the house perfect. And um, even with, you know, I always feel like because I do parenting books and podcasts like I always need to be getting giving advice to people and be the one to like okay here's a worksheet we can all go through and I was having a really hard time with one of my kids and just like crying and I felt like I can't even help other people because you know my own child is we're having such a hard time with her right now and then it's almost like God just was rich my heart like why do you feel like you always have to be the one to help other people like just yeah. be in the moment with your kid and go through this you don't have to like wrap this up in three points that you could write in a blog yeah. it was like okay i can i can do that and, and it goes back to those fears like what if i i'm not accomplishing things or what if i you know do mess up or what if you know someone does get sick in our home and i love what you posted i'm so glad you brought up the fear part on instagram the two types of fear um where the unhealthy and the healthy fear. So you have in your little thing, you know, unhealthy consumes us, healthy causes us to pay attention, unhealthy pushes us to react, healthy leads us to respond. Um, And we'll, I'll put this little graphic in the show notes, but I think I'm like, this is such a good thing that we need right now because we do often feed those fears. And it does like, you talked about either lashing out at a friend or um, I remember freaking out just like three weeks ago because my husband wanted to go to the grocery store. And I'm like, no, like once a week is all we're going to the store. You don't need to be out there in the world right now. And just, I was really sharp. My tone was really sharp with him. And again, that's not me, but it goes back. And I told him later, like, I'm just afraid. And he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't need to go to the store today. Uh (laughs) Talk a little bit about that fear.
0: Yeah. Well, part of the reason I wanted to put that out there is because I feel like so many people right now are saying, I shouldn't be afraid, you know, like we're not allowed to feel fear. And, you know, my background is counseling. And so actually we are like our brains are equipped with a fear response for a reason. It's protective. It makes us pay attention. It helps us be on high alert when we need to. So When we look at scripture and God says, do not fear, the amazing thing is he almost always says it to someone who's already afraid. God is not saying you are never allowed to feel fear. He's saying you don't have to stay in that initial fight or flight response. Here's an invitation to take that fear and turn it into something more helpful, which is... You know, I I did a little video too about how we always think about the flight or fight response of fear and that's often where we begin. But there's two other brain circuits that we have to deal with fear. One is the challenge response. And so it's similar neurotransmitters to fight or flight, except they're released in different ratios. So if you've ever done something like an athlete before a big game, or probably the two of us before we've given a talk to a big group or Mm -hmm. a mom who's suddenly going to spring into action on behalf of her child, because there's a crisis, there's that fear element, but there's also this element of like, I've got this, like I'm doing this thing and it makes us take action. And so that's a really helpful response. And then the third one is tend to befriend, which we are seeing all over the place right now. I love it. So that response to fear in our brains releases oxytocin, which is sometimes called the cuddle hormone because it prompts us to connect. And so just knowing, yes, we're going to start in that fight or flight response. It's the emergency alarm system, but we actually don't have to stay there. We can say I can either take a helpful action, which activates our challenge response, or I can reach out for help to receive it myself or reach out to give help to someone else. And that will put me into the tend to befriend response. And so I think We're tended to either we tend to either be consumed by fear or try to avoid it completely. But I think what we're actually asked to do by God and what works well long term is just to manage it. To say, here it is, here's fear, has some helpful things to tell me. Now, what am I going to do with that? And so,
1: yeah, yeah. I love that. And um, you know, it makes me I'm like making sense of everything because. I remember the first, like, three days when we were all locked down and the kids are complaining because they can't go to sports and all this stuff. Like, the next day I woke up, I'm like, we are going to serve others today. And I told them, Yay, like, we're not yes. going to home school. And I'm like, we are baking cookies and we are going to make a list of all our board games and we're going to go – doorbell ditch and put them on our neighbor's porch and say if you want to borrow some games and our whole attitude like changed because yes. we're like serving other people and that was like the best day like if we would have just like I know we can't go anywhere let's just keep doing our schoolwork we would have just stayed in that mode and it was like the, we had the best day that night everyone's talking about we ran this board game down to this family and someone so texted me and said they liked my cookies and it was like the best thing we could have done but it came out of that I need to we need to turn this around like we're just going to be stuck in this that's so great and
0: the really cool thing is like fight or flight if you stay in it long term like years you know it does have some physical side effects that we don't like like it can cause heart disease and things Mm. like that so oxytocin does the opposite like when they have studied people who have gone through trauma or challenges and have chosen tend and befriend their hearts like not their metaphorical hearts, their literal physical hearts come out stronger on the other side. Like, isn't that amazing? Like it defends against all the things it makes us less likely to get heart disease and those other things that can be associated with stress. So I think like that's such a beautiful thing. So yes, that is a perfect example of tend to be friend. I love that y'all did that.
1: Yeah. And it just makes me like, go back to, um, this is our choices now. Like we could have tender hearts and befriend and reach out to people and serve others, even though it's going to look completely different than it would have, or we can, you know, fight and flight and shelter and be afraid. I mean, but we really, it goes back to that tender heart and believing who God says we are and believing that we can make a difference and love others and serve others and connect with others, which is kind of what your whole book is about. Yeah. Um, empowering reminders of who you really are. And God wants to use us even in these hard, scary times. He wants to use us to Reach out to another person. So, um, I think that's as we wrap it up. Just my encouragement to all the listeners: think about um, how you can reach out, how you can love another person. Maybe if you do have conflict, like Holly and I both have had, um, figuring out like how can I just even open a line of communication. Pray about that. Um, but God really wants us to have those tender hearts that will be open to Him and open to others. So Holly, I just appreciate this conversation so much today. It has been a huge blessing. And this book is, like I said, I read it a while ago when I was preparing for this, but I'm going to stick it on the top of my devotional stack because (laughs) even more now, I think I need this messages and I hope um, listeners out there will do the same and pick up a copy of Strong, Brave and Loved. I just love chatting with Holly today. She is such a bright light and such joy. Um, I just love – I remember just meeting her at a conference for the first time, and her just genuineness just radiated out of her, and you could totally tell. um, She just opens her heart to readers, and I appreciate that so much. I am seriously sticking her book, Strong, Brave, Loved, on the top of my devotional book stack – Um, It is so encouraging and just reminds me just to have that tender heart that is both tender and brave, to love others, to reach out to others, and um, just be there for other people. In addition to... Um, the book. There's also some greeting cards, and I got one in the mail. So they're Day Spring cards. Um, Hope for life's hard moments by Holly Girth. So check those out too. I think it's a perfect time to send a card of encouragement to a friend. But inside this one card, um, it says, "You're loved. You're braved. You're an overcomer. Nothing is impossible for you and Jesus today." So I think that's just what I want you to walk away with, that, to remember to you, that you are loved, you are brave, you are an overcomer, and Jesus is there with you, even in these hard, hard times. And the Walk It Out verse for today is Philippians 4.13. This is in the um, CEV version. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. And I know so many of us are really struggling with the future and the fears, and remember that we can either... Have those fears that cause us to pull away, to run away, or we can have those fears that will remind us to turn to God, to reach out, to take on a new level of courage. Um, So let me just pray for you today. First of all, Lord, I just thank you for Holly. I just pray a blessing over her and her ministry and her work and her relationships and just continue to use her to impact lives. I know she's been a blessing in my life, Lord. And I pray for every listener out there who is battling with fears or who is maybe has a hard relationship and they have hardened in their hearts. I pray for soft hearts that are also courageous and that we can turn to you to help us in these hard places. Lord, I pray that instead of having fear that consumes us, that you will give us, um, A healthy fear that will cause us to pay attention, to act, to turn towards you, to turn towards others. When we want to give up, when we feel paralyzed, Lord, I pray that you will just help us um, and to breathe strength into each listener out there, Lord. I pray that you will help us um, not get caught up in all the worries, but instead to remember that you are still in control and that um, you are there to help us every step of the way and we just pray for all this courage and all this strength in your name amen well friends thank you so much um if you go to walkitoutpodcast.com, you'll see the show notes there is that graphic that we have from holly that talks about the two types of fear also the links to her instagram and facebook i love just having her encouragement pop up in my instagram Feed. She just has these little quotes and just fun inspiration that always encourages me. Um, so be sure to check all of that out. And if you have a friend that's maybe really struggling right now, that has those fears, that maybe feels like they're not enough, that is really um, just having a lot of internal struggles going along with the external struggles, share this episode. I know that your friend will be encouraged. And as always, I just pray that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at
0: www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with
1: someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.